I feel like I should start this show with a sigh because every time I have to deal with this guy, I just feel like sighing and face palming over and over. But I finally get to get my revenge. Well, not even revenge because I got a win over him, but I get to see him get tortured when I announce his matchup and uh, possibly see him cry. So today on the podcast, I'm going to have the Sapatero 205-pound champion Emil Fisher on. But before I pull Emil on, we need to shout out the sponsors that pay me because I love these guys. Um, so first and foremost, my company, NogiNation.com. You go to www.NogiNation.com to get yourself some Fuck the ABJF rash guards, um, Star Lord rash guards, all that fun stuff. And, you know, it's my company. And we've been thinking about making a gi just to be ironic, you know? Make a gi that says, fuck the gi on or something like that. I don't know. So lots of cool stuff happening with NogiNation.com. So make sure you go NogiNation.com, get yourself some shit. Also, we got Liberty Ammunition, www.LibertyAmmo.com. The only defensive round I carry. My favorite sponsor, my buddy's company, uh, Harris Family's company. They're based here out of Bradenton, Florida. Phenomenal uh, firearms ammunition. And the only thing I will trust my life to. So now that the sponsors are out of the way, let's get this shit show started with Emil Fisher. All ah. right, let's start the shit show. Yep, exactly. How are you, Emil? Oh, well, you know, just um, I'm getting ready for this uh, Bigfoot thing this weekend. I was supposed to do your absolute, but that's off, unfortunately. I understand and respect your reasoning behind it. I just, I'm bummed, but I'm doing yeah. the... Uh, Eight-man absolute down in Nashville. Going to get to hang out with Joey Bear. And uh, I'm actually pretty excited about that. Like, that kind of is the, uh, for me, the the silver lining of it. Yeah, Joe's, Joe's a cool guy. Joe's actually taking on Chad, another guy you know, for our heavyweight title here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fun match. I'm excited about that. What do you think about that match? So, I've rolled with both. I mean, I've rolled with Chad. I've, I've competed against Joe three times. Um, stylistically, I think it's a super interesting matchup. I think it depends. The, the winner's going to depend on Chad's familiarity with leg locks. Like, I don't know how familiar Chad is with, with Joe's leg entanglements and his entries, but those are really fucking hard to stop if you don't, like, familiarize yourself with them. And I don't know how cerebral Chad's game is, but he's got, a, I watched the, the episode yesterday that you had with him on and I really like his mindset. So like if anyone has the mindset that could potentially give Joe some problems, it's going to be Chad. Yeah. I like that mindset as well, man. Like that was something we were both talking about is they both have a very similar mindset. Like they don't want this to go to overtime. They want to go after each other and see who fucking is better, you know? So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, for sure. So, who's in this bracket this weekend that you're competing against? Elijah Carlton, uh, Drake Renfro. Um, there's this guy, uh, Shabazz, uh, Keon Shabazz. I've never heard of him. Um, there's this guy that trains Peyton something or other that trains or yeah, trained at some point under uh, – Arroyo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. I mean, it, it's 
Oh, and Adam Fritz. That's the other one. Yeah. Is it an eight-man bracket? Yeah, so there's only six right now. They're looking for another two. Oh, I'll, I'll get two more in there. So that, I mean, just that alone, like you, whether I like to admit it or not, you're one of the top brown belts in the U.S. We got Elijah Carlton, who's a fucking monster, like with wins over Bill Cooper and people he shouldn't be beating, kind of like you. Adam Fritz is one of the best kept secrets in the South and Midwest. And then you said Drake as well, right? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna mute you when I talk, just because you got stuff going on in the background and it is really annoying in my my head. But Drake is a monster man. He trains with Joe as well, and uh, he was actually in my Sapatero 185 division, and um, I think it was the 185 division. He won his first match and then lost his second, I think, to Jason Rao. But Drake's really good, man. What do you think about the bracket? Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about the bracket? Yeah. Okay. So you have me unmuted. Yeah. So I think that it's a good bracket. I think that um, depends on like how number one, who the other two people are going to be. Like, I feel like that's going to kind of determine the flow of it. And also the, the way that they set things up. I, I know that Elijah asked to be across the bracket for me so we could beat in the finals, assuming we both make it there. Um, which honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how these guys have been training. I know I, I just, kind of started training more seriously for the uh for the absolute but that when that was canceled i shifted my focus to this because it's a different rule set it's uh like almost like an like a adcc style uh five minute sub only and then two minutes of points followed by ref's decision so it's a, it's a different rule set than i like to compete under i prefer the ebi rules but i'm not going to bitch about the rules i mean i know them going in um, but you're just gonna bitch about them after. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna bitch about them after. I might, I might like in in my head think that that's why I lost. Which you know, shit. If I don't get subbed, it is what it is. But yeah, I think that the favorites to win the tournament are gonna be me, Elijah, Fritz, and Drake in no particular order. Yeah, I would agree with that. All four of you guys are pretty goddamn good. Now, uh, Elijah's beaten Fritz before, and he's beaten Drake like twice or three times. Yeah, so I mean, like on paper, it would probably come down to you and Elijah, and Elijah's been getting big, man. Like, he, he's getting turned into that a That could be a good boy. thing or a bad thing for him. I do better against bigger guys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be interesting because I know if Elijah keeps his flexibility and his speed at a bigger weight – He's going to be a problem for people because of his frame, you know, like he's, he's as tall as you, maybe a little bit taller, but he was always like 160, 170 pounds, you know, but now he's like 200 pounds of some kind of testosterone and it's fucking scary. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really let that bother me too much. Like when I, when I, I've never lost a match because the guy was bigger. It's never happened. I've gone against some big fuckers. I've never lost a match because the guy was bigger. I lost because the guy used his size really well as a weapon. Like, I've lost because of that. But it's like a lot of people are like, oh, he just beat me because he was bigger. And maybe that's true for some people. For me, it's always been maybe he just was fucking gummy and like just kind of like dragged me in and was really good at, at, at avoiding my shit, right? 
That's a possibility. I've lost like that, but I've never lost because the guy was bigger. Interesting. So you were talking about how your training has been kind of picking up again. What's it been like during this whole quarantine and COVID situation trying to get your training in? So most of my training was like solo stuff. Like I'd go on runs and, you know, I would, I would, I would try to teach my wife some things, which is tough. We talked about that actually the first time you had me on here. Um, and I did a couple like videos on Rockfin teaching her some basics. Um, I also, I have a couple of students that I've been, that like live rurally together. They're roommates. Um, John Varro and uh, Caitlin Burns, both of whom I think if they like stick with this and they take it seriously, could be a really big problem in the near future. They're both like young blue belts who give me a fucking hard time. Like Caitlin's 120 pounds of just mean fuck. And like, like anytime I train with her, I'm fighting for my life. And she's like, a, she's a 120 pound woman and I can be going hundred percent and it's still fucking tough. And John is just, John reminds me a lot of you um, in a good way. Like as far as like his positive attributes on the mat, like the way he goes for his feet, the way he uh, just kind of understands how to break a person's foot. I mean, he's just, he's, if he gets a handle on other aspects of the game, other than the leg lock game, he's going to be a nightmare matchup for anybody. He actually might be competing in this thing this weekend. Both of them might be actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cause I know Bigfoot runs multiple brackets and stuff like that. It's one of the things I really enjoy about their shows is they have their main attraction bracket and then they have some smaller colored belt brackets that are uh, usually pretty fun to watch. Dude, the, pur the purple belt bracket on this is crazy. They got Jacob Couch coming down. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, he's good, man. He's good. I'm, saying, man. I'm glad I'm not a fucking purple belt. <laughs> yeah, Couch is solid, man. He's getting bigger, too. I think he's up there training with um, the uh, Dizzy Fresh guys, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I got to uh, hang out with uh, – fuck, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, the guy from Daisy Fresh that was competing at Jits King. Uh, fuck, brown belt wrestler kid. Um, fuck, he's – I feel like a piece of shit now, but he was, he was cool, man. I like that, that team up there, the grinding American jiu-jitsu style. So it's interesting to see them uh, starting to come into some of these, these different tournaments, different rule sets. So you got that coming up this weekend. Outside of the Sapateros, what else you got coming up? So I really want to defend my fight to win title or I want to start pushing towards either a gi title or an adult no gi title and fight to win. Um, I just, I think, I think that that's, that it's time. Um, and I know they're having events in Austin for the rest of the month or for the, the, sorry, the beginning of uh, July through like, I think the middle of July. So I'm looking at flights because basically the way Seth is doing it, you got to pay for your own travel. Yeah. Um, and it sucks, but you know, as long as he's not promising to pay for my travel and then fucking me, I'm good. Like whatever, it's fine. I'm just, I'm talking to my sponsors and trying to see if I can scrounge up money. Um, I'm doing a seminar after the tournament on like, I'm doing a seminar on Sunday down in Nashville. Hopefully a bunch of people show up and I can raise some money for the, you know, for the trip. Um, I'm announcing this here first. Joe Bays is going to be jumping in and teaching some techniques at my seminar as well. I'm very excited about that. He reached out to me. He was like, hey, if you want me to, I'll do that for you. I was like, man, that's fucking so awesome. So what and where is this seminar? It's going to be at the Academy yep. at uh, Jason Matherly's gym. Yep. Uh, 12 to 2 on Sunday. Cool. How much are you charging? 
uh, 35 in advance, 40 day up. Sweet. So 12 to 2 the Sunday after the tournament at the Academy. I think that's also the venue of the Bigfoot Invitational yeah, as yeah, well. Exactly. So all there, same day. That'll be badass. And you're trying to raise that money to get down to Tejas and defend that fight to win Masters Nogi title of yours, right? Do you have anyone that you got an eye on for, uh, you know, to defend that title against? Dude, honestly, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, there was one person that was kind of lightweight calling me out. Um, the guy that beat me at Nogi Worlds, but Seth thinks that I would beat him too easily in this rule set. I don't, th- like, on it, like, the guy fucking worked me at Nogi Worlds. Like, that's just the truth. Like, he beat the shit out of me there. Um, but I wasn't allowed to go for heel hooks. And, like, I feel like if I'm allowed to go for reaps and heel hooks, it changes my game. But I don't know. Like, that's, that's the one that, like, off the top of my head that wants a match with me um, that I don't know. But other than that, no. I don't know. This is the problem, Emil. You don't call your shots. And this is why I'm doing what I'm about to do to you because you don't fucking ask for people. So I did. I asked I ask for all sorts of people that are not the guy that you're about to announce. Okay. I, yeah, ask for, I ask for all sorts of fucking people. You're full of shit. You're right. You you ask for people who nobody gives a shit about, and nobody cares about you either. So as a promoter, I'm trying to like make interesting matches. No, no, I appreciate that, but I just I want the matches that I think are slightly above my pay grade, not like guys that are just it's just why, like why, why even fucking do it? But it is what it is. So now that we're we're on on this subject. You're going to be taking on Tex Johnson, defending your Sapatero 205 title. And I don't have a date yet. It's either going to be August or September at an undisclosed location. And it's going to be under the EBI rules. Now, what do you think about Tex? (sighs) So Tex and I have actually gotten to uh, compete against one another once. And we've gotten to train once. Um, and we hung out once. Um, we competed against each other at a grappling industries summer 2017, uh, New York city. Um, he beat me in about 10 seconds. He pulled butterfly. I went for a heel, a sloppy heel hook entry and he heel hooked me off of my shitty entry. And that was it. Um, so there was that, uh, we rolled at unity, um, Shortly after I won my fight to win title um, back in 2018. Um, and I mean, when I roll at the gym, it's very different from when I'm competing. And when Chex rolls at the gym, it's very similar to when he's competing. <laughs> so he beat the shit out of you. Cool. Oh, he beat the fucking tar out of me. It was awful. Um, and then we hung out um, after that, uh, that, that, that King of the Mat when, uh, when he got beat, when he beat uh, Quentin and then got beaten by Kyle Bame. What tournament is that? That uh, is that one up here in Cleveland, the one that I got blackballed from. Wait, what, what's that tournament's name? King of the Mat. You know what I'm talking about. No, nah, I've never heard of them. Sorry. It's the one with Tim Thompson. You know what I'm talking about. The one Tim Thompson ran. The one. Oh, okay. The I know what you're talking about. Elijah. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the matchup? I, I mean, I think that it's a tough matchup for me. I think that it's a difficult um, a difficult opponent. 
I think that if I let him get a hold of my leg, I'd, I'm going to have a fucking rough day. Um, dude, like, when you offered me the match against Joe Bays, I felt the same way that I feel right now about this match. That's the honest to God truth. When you offered, uh, when you offered me my initial title shot against Joe Bays, my impression was the same as it is right now, which is this is not a match that I've earned. It's not a match I deserve. It's not a match I can win. But fuck it, YOLO. I mean, I think you take the earned one off of this because I mean, you've been doing well recently. You know, you're you're a multiple time Masters Masters Pan Am champion, multiple time fight to win champion. You've been winning some tournaments. You know, you've beaten Joe Bays a few times. You've beaten some good guys. You know, yeah. and guys who've done much more impressive things for you. So I think you take off the fact that you didn't earn it. Plus, I mean, you are the champion right now. So yeah, sure. No, no, like I, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to downgrade what I've done. I just, I think that like, there were some names that I threw at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brian. Um, I, I, there are some names that I threw at you that are, I think, Slightly above my level, but that are more appropriate matchups for me that I could, in my head, conceive of beating. I could not, I cannot conceive of how I would beat him. However, that has never stopped me from trying and it's never stopped me from winning. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I'll give it a shot. And if I win, great. If not, back to the drawing board. I honestly, for me, you know what it comes down to here? I'm grateful that Tex is taking this match. Like, that's the honest-to-God truth. Like, Tex has much more to lose from this than I do. Like, we could both potentially get hurt. I've hurt people. He's hurt people. Um, we could both potentially, um, you know, get our reputations affected. But the reality is that Felipe Pena has lost Tex. Gordon Ryan has lost uh, Jackson Souza has lost the like the list of people. Thor, Thor lost the text. He got straight ankle locked by text at the ADCC. Like the list of people that have lost to him is 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 crazy. So like, just based off of that alone, I mean, I'm coming into this as the natural underdog. So just based off of that, like, whatever happens, happens. I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a lot of tape study. I'm going to try to map his patterns. Like that's so the way that I prepared for Joe Bays is the way I'm going to prepare for this, which is I'm going to watch like his body of work that's available on the internet. It's going to take probably about a week. And I'm going to plot a chart with what he wins and how he wins it. And on which limb he wins it. Once I've done that, I'm going to assess the likelihood of him getting to each individual position on me. And then I'm going to train for it. Like that's, it's going to be a tactical battle. And, you know, if, if the history has shown anything, it's that I don't have to think I'm going to win to win. That's true. As from a promoting standpoint, this is an easy match to promote because you've both broken people's shit in the past, you know, and as Brian, Brian posted in the comment section, Texas, Texas, I'll break your shit, Johnson. You know, and we, we've seen the videos of him snapping baseball bats. And Texas got a little bit of a wild side to him. And I've been texting him. And it's like, I told him, I'm like, dude, 
you're you're like you're a sweetheart, but you're fucking crazy, you know? And he just fucking left. And he's kind of like he's kind of the bad boy of jiu-jitsu, you know? Like I don't know why the fuck I was labeled that in the Jiu-Jitsu Times article because it's clearly Tex Johnson, you know? Tex has had some troubles in the past and he's had some triumphs, you know? And like, I think the, the craziest thing about Tex is the mindset he takes into a match, you know? And you and I have both seen him pre-match, you know? He's competed me for, competed for me before. Uh, Craig competed against him at Kasai and I was cornering Craig. And I remember him walking around the back of Kasai and I was like, oh, hey, Tex, how you doing? And he like grunted at me. He's like, Grr! and like walked past. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to punch me. And then as soon as the match is over, it's bear hugs, you know? So like Tex has this, this thing that happens when he goes into competition mode where he's not going to stop until there's a break, a tap, a scream, and then he's like, oh, he's, and then he's, he's back to the loving, fun, fun, loving Tex, you know? Yeah. So it's very interesting for me because you have a similar mentality, but not as caveman like, you know? I mean, dude, when I, when you see me before a match, my demeanor is the same as after the match. Yeah, but the demeanor is the same, but the mentality is different because you said it many times. I'm going to try to break their shit and they can try to tap, you know? And that's the same mentality that Tex has. So on paper, this match is fireworks. And also on paper, you both have a very similar style. And um, yours is more unorthodox, but you're trying to get to people's legs. Tex is more of a butterfly guard player trying to get people's legs. And it's very interesting because you're both guard players. and You're basically both going to go for that shootout. And it's just a fun matchup because the people that Tex has a problem with are like the Gordon Ryans, the guys who pass open guard very well. And whether you like it or not, that's not something people have seen of you. You know, they've seen you lay on your back, fucking put your donkey hooks in and break people's shit in half. Yeah, but here's, but here's the thing. And here's, here's where it gets interesting. I know how to pass the guard. It's just not worth my energy in a lot of the matches that I do. Like you've seen me pass a guard before. Yeah, I'm not, saying you, I'm not saying you don't know how to pass the guard. I'm just saying it would be categorized as one of your specialties from your body of work. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and like for me, it, it's it's the reality that I have to figure out a way to win. Like that's all it is. Like my coach once told me, like I, I, there was this tournament that we did in. Uh, it was a good fight tournament. I think you've competed at their tournament. Yep. And we were trying to get the team trophy. And it was funny, like at the beginning of the day, our coach kind of like got us together for a pep talk. And he's like, I know some, and I, I had like a broken rib that day too. And he was like, I don't care what you guys do, find a way to win. Find a way to win. And like, that's, that's always stuck with me ever since then. Like, find a way. There's, there's going to be something that I can do to win this match. It is in theory winnable. Uh, everybody has weaknesses that can be mapped. Everybody has things that can be done to them. And I'm going to try to do those things and stuff. We'll see. It's interesting because 
win or lose this puts you up on that upper echelon you know as long as you don't go in there and get tapped out in 10 seconds like you did previously to text this should move you up into the upper B level competitors you know like yeah. you're not going to take on the Gordon Ryans of the world but the people who compete with them, you should be competing with them as well. If this, if this goes well for you, how does that make you feel? Makes you feel good, man. I mean, honestly, I never expected to be at this point. Like, I never like this was not in in the plans for me. This was not what I thought was going to happen when I started competing more seriously. Like, I always thought that I was just going to be like, you know, a B level, C level, D level guy at my belt you know and i never I, it was never in my head oh one day i'm gonna have a super fight against one of the best on the planet like and then i had the super fight against one of the best on the planet joe bays and i was able to get the victory and i like i wrote that off as a fluke honestly like i wrote that match off it was like oh i just caught him in the transition and then I was able to get a couple of more wins over him. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, at the very least, I'm in this class of competitor. You know, maybe I'm in a higher class. Maybe I'll be able to perform at a higher level. I don't know. Like, we're going to find out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep digging until I find the bottom of the hole. Interesting. Interesting. So, with the way Sapatero is doing the events now, the 205 and the heavyweight title are the only, like, super fight titles. The rest are going to be tournament titles, and I'm looking to get those things defended almost every two to three months. Yeah. This is your first title defense. Yeah. Not looking past Tex at all because it's an unwinnable match for you, but are there any other competitors that you would like to – down the line, have a match with on Sapatero because I am going to try to keep you a little bit more active, whether you're a champion or not. I mean, if I beat Tex, I'm going to want matches against guys at Texas level. Like, if I somehow win that match, like, if that's something that happens, and again, it's one of those things, like you just said, I, I need to not look past him because the reality is I'm probably not going to win. Um, but if I beat him, at that point, I've there's a couple of names off the top of my head. Like I really, I've wanted a match with Jason Rao for a while, and I feel like that would be a good match. I feel like Jason Rao is a dangerous opponent for me that could beat me, that probably will beat me. <laughs> but like that's a match that I want regardless of whether or not I beat Tex. I know he's a bit lighter than me. I don't know if he'd be willing to go up and wait. That's up to him. I mean, I understand. Um, then there's Andre Porfirio, depending on how he performs in your absolute. I mean, that's a name that I've been looking at for a while because he's, I think, the number one ranked IBJJF brown belt. Or was for a while. Yeah, he's a black belt now. I really want to match against Roberto Jimenez. I think my style would give Roberto a lot of problems. I've rolled with him once. And honestly, like, just rolling, and I know that rolls are not a good indication – we're just rolling in the gi, which is where he's much better. I did not feel like he was spectacularly better than me. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. 
but yeah, like that's, I would say like, those are, those are two off the top of my head. That's and this great. is all due respect to the potential opponents. Like I, I, I'm not, you know, believe me, I, I don't think I win any of those matches, but if I beat Tex, then who the fuck knows? Cool. Well, I'm excited for the match. It's going to be July. Or sorry, no, that's not July. That's the, uh, sorry, I've been thinking about Bays versus uh, uh, Kodiak for the last couple of days. That's probably going to be in September. I'll have a date in the next couple of days and a poster out, and uh, I'm excited for that match. Emil, anything else you want to say before I let you go? I mean, one big thing is I'm hoping that, like, the Rona and, like, this, this whole situation – makes people stop being such bitches. Like, just in general. I feel like a lot of jujitsu people have... Um... Thanks, Quentin. That's, that's, a, that's a high praise, honestly. Um, but I think that a lot of people, like, have unhealthy egos in this sport. I think a lot of people are really shitty in this sport. It's, like, it's, it's interesting. Um, in my preparation for the absolute... I've been getting re- I've been getting together with a familiar face, Jacob Props, and another guy who trains locally in the area, another big, bigger brown belt, uh, Jose Carrillo, and these are the two guys that prepared me for these events. And like we were talking about it, <laughs> oh, gold shower, oh. When you earn a match with me, I'll give you a match. If not, accept my terms. Anyways, um, but yeah, like, the thing is that, especially with training, I feel like there's a lot of disparity in the community. I think a lot of people have this, like, mindset of where they, they don't want to put anything on the line. They don't want to compete. They don't want to, they don't want to lose. And, and it's it just, it's silly. And I, I think. People should care less about the results of competition and care more about just competing. Yeah, I'm hoping. And I, honestly, I started to see that too. Like the two things that I thought were going to come out of this Rona is one, the pay would go back down to a reasonable le- level for the competitors because it was very inflated for a long time. Um, and two, the competitors were going to get more willing to compete, you know? And I mean, we're fucking seeing that, you know, people are going out there competing for less just because they've, they've got to take it for granted, you know? Every athlete has a short period of time where they're able to compete at a somewhat high level, you know? And the Rona has taken probably six months away from a lot of people, you know? By the time this is all, all said and done, it's going to be six to eight months that you're not going to get back in your ability to compete. So exactly like you said, more guys need to get their panties out of the wad. They just got to go out there and put it on and, uh, you know, have a good time with it. Well, so, I mean, like, the, the big thing for me, my hope is that people that see me take this match against Tex are inspired to take the unwinnable matches. Like, that's my hope. I mean, like, if, if I don't get anything else out of this, if I don't win the match or whatever, I just hope that people see it and are like, oh, he actually doesn't give a fuck. Like, I really don't. I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to go out there and do my best. And I, I'm not saying that, like, to be, you know... I'm not saying it be like uh, cheesy. It just it's just reality. I just don't fucking care. Quentin's still waiting for a match because nobody wants to fucking match with him, and I'm not paying him a bunch of money to beat up blue belts. <laughs> I think I think that he should get a shot at that heavyweight title. 
He could probably do that. That's what I think. Yeah. I, I'd be rooting for that because he, he is your heavyweight champion. He's the open weight tournament champion. Yeah, he, he was the last open weight tournament champion. Hey, I'd be happy to see him at heavyweight, but uh, I, I honestly like I think he's more of a two hundred fiver, and hopefully you lose this belt so I can have a more likable champion in Quinton at two hundred five. <laughs> all right, cool, Emil. Well, good talking to you, dude. Hopefully you stay safe during all this Corona stuff, and hopefully we see this match happen sooner rather than later. I'm looking at uh, mid-September right now, and I'm going to have a couple dates for you and Tex here in the next couple days and a poster out there. So I'm excited, man. Hey, thank you for the opportunity, man. Like, I, I mean that. It, it, it means the world to me. It's going to mean the world I, to me I, when I, I see I, you I, I'm, you. I'm just going to tell you right now, one of my conditions in my rider for this match is going to be that you have to wear a Santa Claus hat. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. The full, the full outfit. Like the, nah. the full. Hey, that's cool. I'll give Quentin this match and let him get paid and strip you of your title. So there we go. No, no, but like, the other thing is, I've been trying, and I, I just want to put this out there because there's people watching. I think that you should use that cartoon picture that John Gunther drew of me. No. <laughs> All right, man. Again, thank you. I, like I, I mean it. Thank you. This is you. This is the reason I give you these matches. You can't win. I think you like this. this is the reason I'm giving you this match, so I can see him break you in half for all these stupid things you put me through. It's not nice. All right, Emil. You stay safe, dude. I'll see you soon. You too, man. All right, that was Emil Fisher. He's taking on Tex Johnson for the Sopatero 205 belt. It's going to happen in September. Uh, I'll put it out there because he's watching. If anybody wants a, a match with Quentin, let me know. And, I mean, I'm not just talking about nobodies because I'm not paying Quentin my hard-earned money to beat up nobodies. But if somebody with uh, a little bit of a name, a little bit of notoriety wants a match with Quentin, let's fucking make it happen because he does need to get active again. All right, guys. Stay safe. Check out the sponsors, Nogi Nation, Liberty Ammo. Stay tuned for the Sapateros, and uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited. We're coming back, guys. All right, stay safe. I'll be back tomorrow with another guest.